Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome back to Babel on Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yud Dalid of Masechta Erevin, Daf 14. Now, Chavir, before I begin the overview, I just want to say that there is a member of the Chavra of the Babylon Talmud community whose name is Rabiasi. And he lives in Portland, Oregon, and he's 12 years old. And he's been studying with us with Babylon Talmud. He found the podcast on Spotify, the podcast on Spotify. And he's been studying with us from the beginning. He's made a scene with us on Masechta Brachis and on Masechta Shabbos. And he's now learning Erevin with us. And I just want to wish a Mazel Tov to Abiyasi and that it's such an honor to have him with us with Babylon Talmud. And I certainly hope that we will continue to be able to study together for many more years. Chevra, let us move on to the overview for Daf Yudalit. There isn't really too much to say. You know, there isn't like really juicy kind of stuff. So lots of technical details about Korahs. Not hard, but technical. Then we get into Gemara math, which I don't know if you can describe it as hard. It's certainly technical. So we're going to talk about squares, circles, and mikvahs. And we're going to talk about details about lechis. So I'd say the most complicated part is probably the math part. But it's also not that complicated. It's just complicated because it's 1,500-year-old Aramaic. But it's not complicated. You just got to like, I don't know, like, it is, I don't know, you just got to like divide things. It's not that hard. All right. Cool. So... Yud Gimel Amud Beis at the Mishnah at the bottom. So Akora Shamu Rachba Rachba Kedel Kabel Ariach. No, Rechava maybe Kedel Kabel Ariach. So the Kora, how wide does the Kora have to be? So it has to be wide enough to be able to hold an Ariach. What's an Ariach? So an Ariach, an Ariach. Oh, here it says Ariach Chatsi Levena Shal Shlosha Tefachim. The Mishnah says that an Ariach is half of a brick of three tfachim. So a br- the assumption is that a brick was square, and the brick was three tfachim by three tfachim. Half of that, if you kind of do a karate chop and break it in half, so then you have, it's basically one and a half tfachim in its width. Fine. And we say, okay, so the core really just needs to be a tefach so that it can support this one and a half tefach ariach, and the Gemara is going to ask, why not make it one and a half tefachim? Ruchava, roch bakadei lekabel ariach, uvriak de lekabel ariach. So it has to be wide enough to be able to put an ariach on it, which we're saying is one tefach, and it also needs to be strong enough in order to hold this ariach. Rabbi Yudah Omer Ruchava af alpi shein bria. Rabbi Yudah says, look, as long as it's one tefach wide, it doesn't have to be strong enough. To hold this Ariach. If the, this is a continuation of Rabbi Yehuda, that if the Korah was made of straw or if it was made of reeds, so then we view it as if it was made out of metal. Kilo, even if it's weak, we can view it as if it was strong. The Gemara is going to ask how come this is necessary to say. We already know that it doesn't have to be strong, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Akuma roanosa kilui pshuta. If it's bent somehow, we view it as if it is straight. 
If it's round, if it's not a square Korah, um, or a rectangular Korah, whatever, but it's a round Korah, we can view it as if it's kind of straight, and just as long as its diameter is one tefach, that would suffice. Any circle that has a diameter, no, that has a circumference of three has a diameter of one. Um, yeah, I think technically speaking, we view that as um, circumference is diameter times pi, so times 3.14, but um, the Mishnah is, maybe you could say it's rounding, whatever it is, um, the Mishnah is saying it's 3 to 1 as opposed to 3.14 to 1. Okay, fine. Viter, um, says the Gemara. How come we're saying that the Korah needs to be one tefach wide? It should have to be one and a half tefach wide if we're talking about half an ariach. Well, if we're talking about an ariach, which is half of a levena, which is three by three, right? So it should be one and a half. So came in the Rach of the Kabel, tefach, idach, chatzit tefach, mal bein lei, Betina mashu magisa, mashu magisa, vikaima seder. So if you have this kora that is one tefach wide and you put in a riach, which is one and a half tefach wide, so you have, um, a half, an extra half tefach, which if you divide on either side only becomes one quarter of a tefach, which is like one thumb's worth. As we learned the other day, right? A tefach is either six small fingers, five middle sized fingers, or four big th- fingers. So it's like, yeah, basically the size of your thumb hanging off of the Korah on either side. So you can just take like some cement and add it to the Korah and that would be enough. Seder, okay, fine. So we say that it's no big deal and as long as the Korah is one tefach wide, that would suffice. Okay. Amr Abba Korah Sha'amut Srikha Shetei Bria Kdei Lekabel Ariach. Okay, so the Korah that we said, so we're saying that the, based on the Mishnah, that the Korah needs to be strong enough that it can actually support this Ariach, this half brick. Now, let's say you have a Korah that is on like pegs, right? It's not resting on the sides of the walls. Rather, it's being supported by pegs. So the question is, so the Korah needs to be strong enough, sturdy enough to be able to hold an Ariach. Now, that um, peg... Does the peg have to be strong enough to hold both the Korah and theoretically also be able to support this Ariach that would be put on the Korah? Or is it enough that the peg just be obviously strong enough to hold the Korah that you're putting on it? And as long as the Korah is theoretically strong enough that it could hold an Ariach, then that is enough? Or does the pegs need a... Meaning, essentially, do the pegs just need to be able to support this Korah? Or do the pegs need to be able to support the Korah plus the theoretical ariach that the Korah needs to be able to support. That makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't get too fussed about it. Um, so, where are we? So, umamide Korah, these pegs that you're putting the Korah on, they don't have to be strong enough to hold a Korah plus an ariach, they just have to be able to hold the Korah. And the Korah needs to be able to strong en- be strong enough that it can hold the ariach. But you don't actually have to put an ariach on a Korah, right? These things just have to be strong enough to hold these things. So as long, so we're saying, so Rav, Rabbi Barafun is saying that as long as the peg is strong enough to hold a Korah, and as long as the Korah is theoretically strong enough to hold an ariach, we're all good.
Rav Chizda Amar Echad Zev Echad Zev Tzvichon Shubrin Kedei Lekabu Korah Ve'ariach So um, whereas Rav Chizda argues and he says no this peg that's holding the Korah must also be able to be able to support the theoretical um, Ariach that you're going to put that you can theoretically put on this Korah Got it? Good Amar Rav Sheishas Hiniach Korah Al Gabi Mavui Ufaris Aleh Machteles Vigbiyam Menakarka Shlosha Says Rav Sheishas What if you have a Korah? Okay, and then you take some kind of mat and you hang it over the Korah because you figure that that would be better than a Korah, right? May as well hang over a mat, then it's key like you have a real wall over there. That would be better than just having a beam, right? Well, kind of, as long as, but it could also end up ruining it because we're saying, we're saying that this mat that you, that you spread over the Korah doesn't actually reach all the way down to the ground. There's more than three tfachim between the mat and the ground. Well, if that's the case, well, ain kan mechitza, ain kan korah. Well, now you have nothing. Ain kan, where am I? Ain kan mechitza, ain kan korah. Ain kan, did I just read that wrong? Yeah, I read it wrong. Korah ain kan, mechitza ain kan. Well, not that, not very wrong, just a little bit wrong, enough to mess up the reading, but... You don't have a Korah anymore and you don't have a Mechitza. Korah ain't kind, you don't have a Korah because you covered it with a mat. So you basically don't have a Korah anymore. Mechitza ain't kind, you also don't have a Mechitza because it's a Mechitza that little goats can walk under it. And we know that if little goats can walk under the Mechitza then it's not a good Mechitza. So meaning, so here you had a Korah. The Korah was perfectly fine. But this person wanted to be fancy and he was going to hang over a hang a mat over the Korah so that now it's like Kilu, like it's a wall. So that would be, of course, better than a Korah. But now you don't have a Korah anymore because it's covered up by this mat and if the mat doesn't reach three Tfachim um, close to the ground, within the ground, within the floor, whatever, within three Tfachim of the floor, well then the little goats can get under it and it's not a good wall either and your mom should have nothing. Okay? Tanur Rabbanan, the rabbis taught, Korah ayotzeis min kosel zeh, venenogaz bekosel zeh, okay? If you have a Korah that sticks out of, you know, one wall, and it's going across the mavoi, but it doesn't quite reach the opposite wall, v'chein shtei Korahs, achas yotzeis min kosel zeh, v'achas yotzeis min kosel zeh, venenogaz obazo, or what if you have a Korah coming out from this wall, and a Korah coming out from that wall, and they're going to meet in the middle, but they don't quite meet in the middle, there's a gap. Pachos mishlosha ein tzarech lavi Korah acheres, so as long as the gap is smaller than um, three tfachim, that's whether the gap is in the middle or whether the gap is on the side, meaning whether we're talking about one korah that's sticking out but doesn't quite reach the other end, or whether we're talking about two korahs that are meeting in the middle but don't quite meet. So as long as it's less than three tfachim, then we can consider it closed, and that's fine. But if there's three or more tfachim, well then that gap is too large, and you would have to bring, you'd have to, Create a kosher korah, a different korah. Reb Shimon Gamliel, of course, as we learned the other day, um, his take is slightly different when it comes to um, lavud, and that is his opinion is that lavud is defined by four plus tfachim, not three plus tfachim, and therefore he says as long as the gap is smaller than four tfachim then you don't need to bring another Korah. If it's four Tfachim or larger, then you would have to bring another Korah. Seder, he's basically just arguing on is Lavud three Tfachim or four Tfachim. V'chein beiz Koras ha-mas'imos 
Also, if you have two Korahs that are, that are mamish like lined up right next to each other. So you put up one Korah and then right next to it, mamish touching, you put a twin Korah. Hamatimos, they're like to omot. Maybe, I don't know, they're like twins. Why not? Right? Like a, they're right next to each other, side by side. Now, individually, each one is too thin. It's not one tefach. However, in Mekablos, Ariach, Lerochbo, Tefach, Ainsarch, Levikora, Cheres. But if when these, um, twin Koras are, when they're next to each other, so let's say each one was half a Tefach, so then together they're a Tefach, well then, that's fine. The Imlav, Tzarch, Levikora, Cheres. But if each one is, let's say, a quarter of a Tefach, and together they're only half of a Tefach, well, then you don't have a Tefach of Korah, so you have to, you have to bring a, a kosher te- uh, Korah. Fine. If you have two of these Ariachs, no, two of these Koras, and each one is, let's say, one quarter of a Tefach. So if they were right next to each other, you would only have half a Tefach, and that would not work. But let's say you spread them out from each other. And now you could take this um, Ariach, this half of a brick, which is one and a half tefachim wide, but three tefachim long, right? Because we said a brick is three tefachim by three tefachim, and an ariach is if you, you know, karate chop that in half. So now you have, now it's one and a half tefachim wide by three tefachim long. So what Reb Shimon ben Gamliel is saying is that if you take these two quarter of a tefach koras, right, and you spread them out so that now from the outer edge of one to the outer edge of the other, is three tefachim, and there's space in the middle. So you would be able to lay out this ariach on this, you know, lengthwise on these two koras. So that would be acceptable. Vimlav, but if they are, if the gap between the two koras is too thin, and there is less than three tefachim from the outer edge of this kora and the outer edge of that kora, well then, you have to bring another Korah. What if you take these twin Korahs, right? Okay, so let's say, let's go back again to the case where they were each half a Tefach. And you put them next to each other and now they're a full Tefach and that's fine. But now you do something fancy, which is you lower one of them. And now, while they're still kind of, if they would be next to each other, they would mamish be touching and next to each other. But then you just kind of push one of them down. So while, I don't know, on a certain like, I don't know how to say this, but like on a certain like axis, you can literally just like lift it up and it'll be next to each other. But now you're just kind of raising it. You're just kind of pushing it down. But theoretically, if you view it as if you would just kind of push it up again, they would be mamish next to each other and that would fine. That would be fine. So does the fact that you're pushing it down and now that there's a gap, you know, vertically between them, even if not horizontally, does, is, is that, is that acceptable? So, so if you have two of these koras and they're mamish right next to each other, but one is higher up than the other. So says it's no problem. We can view it, even though it's not the case, but we can, in our minds, we could view it imaginarily that, I should really look up if that's a word, because maybe it is. So we can view it as if, um, 
they're next to each other. You can take the upper one and lower it down, the lower one and uh, raise it up, and kilo they meet in the middle. So, and that would be completely fine. And once they meet in the middle, so they're mamish next to each other, and as long as there's a tefach, that's fine. As long as, again, we're not actually moving these koras, right? We're viewing it as if we meet them, as if we move them to meet in the middle. So now, this works as long as the upper kora is within 20 amos, and the lower kora is above 10 tefachim. Amr Abaye, Abaye Ad Gezak, holds like his father Rabbi Yehuda in one thing, yet he argues on his father regarding another thing. What are we talking about? He holds like his father with one thing regarding this lay Rowan, that he holds of Rowan, right? Just like in our Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda said, right? That if you have a Korah made out of straw or made out of reeds, we can view it as though they were made out of metal, even though they're not, but we view it as if it was made out of metal. That's very similar to what Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yudha is saying, is that we can view these two koras as if they're side by side. Yet he argues on his father regarding one thing, which is, that of course, as we know from the first mission in Eruvin, that Rabbi Yudha says that you're allowed, that a, that a kora can be above 20 Amis, Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yudha Savar, in whereas Rabbi Yosef Rabbi said that we can only view these Korahs um, as if they are side by side if the upper Korah is within 20 Amos. Um, but we know that Rabbi Yehuda uh, does not require 20 Amos. I Meaning it could be above 20 Amos according to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Ruchava Afapisha in Abriya. Rabbi Yehuda says that if, as long as the Korah is one Tefach wide, well that, that, that's enough. It doesn't actually have to be strong enough to hold, to, to actually support that um, ariach. It just has to be wide enough to be able to lay the ariach upon it. Masli la Rav Yehuda l'chia barav kami dirav. Rav Yehuda was teaching this Mishneh to chia barav in front of Rav. Rechava afopisha in abriya. And he was saying that Rav Yehuda's opinion is that Rav, Rav Yehuda was teaching Chia Barab in front of Rav and explaining that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that the Korah, as long as it is wide enough to be able to lay the brick, the, this, um, Ariach upon it, it doesn't actually need to be able to support this Ariach. So Rav said, no, rather, Rabbi Yehuda, you should teach that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that it needs to be wide enough and strong enough. How could Rav have said that? Because after all, Rabbi Eli said the name of Rav. That if you have a Korah that is four Tfachim wide, even though it's not strong enough to be able to hold an Ariach. So why is Rav correcting Rabbi Yehuda to say that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that it needs to be wide enough and strong enough if Rav himself says that as long as the Korah is four Tfachim wide, it doesn't need to be strong enough to actually hold the, the, the uh, Ariach. So Arba shiny. So the answer is, yeah, that's different because Rav was talking about when it's fourth Tefach wide. If it's fourth Tefach wide, so then it doesn't actually have to be strong enough anymore. But if it's only one Tefach wide, it would have to be strong enough to hold, to actually hold the Ariach, to actually support the Ariach. And he's explaining that even Rabbi Yehuda would agree with that. Now the Mishnah continued and Rabbi Yehuda said that if the 
um, kora was made of straw or of, what was the other example he gave? Reeds, right, that are unable to support an ariach. So he says we can view it as if it's made out of metal. So my kamash malan, tamrinon rowin. So what's the chiddush that we could say that we can, that even though it's not actually strong enough to hold the ariach, we can view it as though it is strong enough? Hainuhach. Rabbi Yud already said that. He already said that as long as the Korah is wide enough to hold an Ariach, it doesn't actually have to be able to physically support the Ariach. So So the Gemara answer is yes, but I may have not necessarily been able to apply um, this logic across both. Because I may have thought that I may have thought that it actually, it actually has to have a fighting chance, right, Kilu? Let's say you have a kora that's made out of wood. Now, a kora made out of wood can theoretically hold a, hold, hold an ariach, can support this half a brick. What if it happens to be that this ariach can't support a half a brick? Beseder, as long as it's one tefach that, you know, theoretically you can lay a brick upon it, even if it can't physically support it, that's fine. But what if we're talking about straw, where like, there's no chance that straw will ever be able to hold an ariach. It's just, it's just not a strong enough, um, um, you know, uh, substance, uh, whatever, material. So maybe in that case, Rebuta would say that it wouldn't work because there's just, it's not even possible that this straw will ever work. Kamash Milan, that even if you use straw, which can never possibly work for, to hold this ariach, nonetheless, you can still use it, and we can view it as if it was metal. Says the Gemara, Akuma ronosa kilui pshuta. Okay, this is interesting. So if the mavui is like bent, so we can view it as if it is straight. Pshita. Okay, again, this is obvious. If we're just like viewing things as if they're like acceptable, so then we'll view this also as if it's acceptable. So, Kamash Malan Kedur Abzeira. So, the Chiddush is that it's teaching us that Allah is like Abzeira. The Amr Abzeira. If the Korah is in the Mavui, and we'll explain what this means in a second, and its um, bent area is outside of the Mavui. If the Korah is within 20 Amis, but its bent area is above 20 Amis. Um, if it is um, um, you know, above 10 tfachim from the ground, but its bent area is within 10 tfachim of the ground. What is this talking about? So, in my mind, the easiest way to imagine this, um, is like a half pipe where you like skateboard in, kind of like skateboard down and then up. So imagine you have like a kora and the kora kind of starts out straight and then it kind of does a half pipe, kind of goes down and then back up like a half circle. Okay. Um, and then keeps on going straight again. So it's basically, you have this straight Korah, but in the middle there's this dip, okay? So the question is, if you have this um, Korah, and it's mamish at 10 Tfachim from the ground, and then it dips, and the dip is within 10 Tfachim of the ground. Or let's say um, the dip isn't going down, let's say the dip is going out. So you have a Korah at obviously the edge of the Mavoy, and then it kind of, the dip isn't going down, but it's actually sticking out of the mavoi. So now part of the kora is kind of curved out of the mavoi. Or let's say it's mamish at 20 amos height, and then it's not a dip, but it's like an up, right? You kind of, the, 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 the half pipe is going upwards. So imagine like you're an ant, and you're like walking straight on the kora, and then you got a big mountain to climb. 
So, and that is above 20 Amis. So that is what we're talking about. Kind of this Kora with like this half pipe bulge. So, so it's like Rebzer. The Amr Rebzer. He besoch ha if the, I'm going to read that again. If the, if the Kora is in the Mavoy, vak mumisa chutz la Mavoy. And this half cylinder is sticking out of the Mavoy. He besoch esim vak mumisa lemay leme esim. If the Kora is within 20 Amis, but this half cylinder, this half pipe is, uh, above 20 Amis. If it is, if the Korah is above 10 Tfachim, but the half pipe dips below 10 Tfachim. So we say, look, if you can remove this half pipe and still the gap in the Korah is less than 3 Tfachim, well, well then, it's a kosher Korah, you don't need to bring another one. However, if the gap that will result from removing the half pipe will be larger than 10, well, will be, um, forget, forget about 10, but will be 3 tfachim or larger, well then, uh, you would have to bring a different Korah because this one won't be good. That's also obvious, like we're talking about Lovud all the time. So if it's not Lovud, then it's no good, right? If it's too big, it's no good. So, besoch mavui vak mumisa lesoch lechutz lemavui, it's three chale. So the Gemara answers that the chiddush, what we need to learn from here, is for the case where you have the korah that's in the mavui, but the half pipe is sticking out of the mavui. So lechush dama asi leamshuche basra kamash milan. Maybe we'll be concerned that since the half pipe is sticking out of the mavui, maybe I'll think that I can keep on carrying to the edge of the half pipe, which is outside of the Mavi, i.e., I might end up carrying in Rosh Hashanah. So maybe that's a problem. So Kamash Malan Rabbi Yehuda, what he's teaching us is that we can see it, we can view it as if, um, you know, this, this everything was in the Mavoi and it's all good. Let's go weiter. Agula Ronosa Kilui Mirubas. So if the Korah is you know, you know, round or whatever, so we can view it as if it's square. Okay, as long as there is an a, a, a tefach diameter. Hasulamali. Again, why do we need this? Kilo, if you're a Bihuda and you keep on saying that, you know, even if uh, on the out, on the surface of things it looks like this would be a problem, we could see it, we could view it as if it's not a problem. So, Seifa it's Tuichale. So, because the Mishnah wanted to make the point in the Seifa, which is, that whenever you have something round, so if its circumference is three Tfachim, well then its diameter will be one Tfach. How do we know this in the Pasuk? Where can we see a Pasuk in Tanakh that shows us this principle? So, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Amr Kra. Rabbi Yochanan says that the Pasuk says, Fayasis Ayom, Mutzak eser ba'ama misvaso ad svaso agul saviv v'chamish ba'ama komaso v'kavshloshim ba'ama yasavoso saviv. We'll read that again. But basically, there was something in the Beis Hamikdash that Shlomo Melech built called the Yam Shlomo, and it was essentially a, a big mikveh, a big pool for the Kohanim. And the pasuk in Melachim Aleph gives the dimensions of this pool, and the dimensions are as follows. The Pasuk says, Vayasa Sayyam. So Shlomo Melech, he constructed this, this Yam Shoshlomo. Mutsak, and it was, um, it wasn't, he didn't take like hammers and like knock on it to bang it out. 
Rather, he poured, I get what was it, like gold or something? Why not? Eser ba'ama, misvaso ad svaso, agul, saviv. So, the, it was round. It was a round pool. I guess it was above ground. It was round. And the diameter was 10 amas, 10 amas from lip to lip. V'chomish ba'ama komaso, it was 5 amas tall. V'kav shloshim ba'ama yasov oso saviv. And it is 30 amos circumference. So, we see that the diameter of the Amsho Shlomo was 10 amas. And the circumference was 30 amas. So we see that basically, circumference is three times diameter. Vaika svaso, but one second, what about the, 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 the thickness of the lip of the pool, right? Meaning that the diameter being measured was from the inner lip on one end to the inner lip on the other end, and that was 10 amas. Now the circumference was being measured on the outside of the pool, but the, Actually, the diameter of the circle that you're measuring is really slightly more than 10 amis, since we have to take into account the thickness of the lip. So, it says by the Ziyam Shoshlomo that the lip was really extremely thin. It was the size of a lily. Oh, sirens. As the Pasuk says, As the Pasuk says that the thickness of the lip, no, that the thickness of the walls of the, um, of this Yam Shoshlomo was one tefach, but at its lips, it was like this very thin, like the uh, edge of like a cup that's very thin, like that of a lily. And then Alpayim Bas Yachil, and it's saying that the entire Yam Shoshlomo was able to hold um, 2,000 Bas, which we are going to get to shortly. That will be part of our fun little math problem. Um, fine. Nu, so we said, so we're trying to learn from this Pasuk that circumference is three times the diameter. Now, we said, yeah, but what about the lip? We said, no, but the lip was like very, very thin. Ve'ikamashu, but still, thin is something. So it's still not exactly three to one. It's slightly less than three to one. So the Gemara answer is no. The, actually, the 30 Amma circumference was actually me- measured from the inside of the Yam Shoshlomo. And therefore, the Yam Shoshlomo from one end to the other on the inside of the pool was 10 Amis. And also, um, the circumference that we're measuring is also from the inside of the pool, not from the outside. Fine, so three to one. Tanu Now here's where the math begins. You guys ready? It's not that hard. It's just Aramaic. I think the Aramaic adds a layer of complexity. <laughs> because it's like, you gotta do, you, you, you gotta read and translate the Gemara. So however the Gemara wants to go about solving this problem, that's what you gotta, uh, that's how you gotta solve it. You don't have much of a choice. <laughs> but it's also very interesting to see how the Gemara does approach these mathematical equations and how it chooses to solve them and break up the math so that we could do it in our heads without a calculator. So I guess that's how they were solving math problems in rabbinic 1500 year ago Iraq. Interesting. Weiter. So Tani Rebchia, so Rebchia taught, Yam Shasa Shlomo, so this very interesting pool of Shlomo, Hayamachzik Meva Chamisha Mikva Taira, 
So it was large enough that you could fit exactly 150 mikvahs in there. Okay. Mikhdei. Mikvah kamahave, I buy him sa'ah. So how large is a mikvah? 40 sa'ah. Okay. Kedetanias, we learned in a b'risa, we learned it on what? Daf, Dalaram Abayz, where do we learn this? I don't know. Yeah, Le'al Daf, Gimel Fine, Gimel why not? But I don't know if that's going on this. We learned it earlier. What do you, what, what, what do you want me to tell you? So, Abayim Sa'ah, Kedetanias, we learned in a b'risa, V'rochatz, B'mayim, B'mei Mikveh. Yeah, on Dalaram Abayz. So, it says, by a zav that he goes to the mikveh, and that could even be may mikveh. It doesn't have to be ma'im chaim per se. Kol besaro ma'im shkogu for ole So it has to be large enough that his entire body could fit in darin. V'chamein ama al ama brum shalosh amos. Friends, this is going to be crucial. How large is a mikveh that you can fit your entire body in? The answer is ama al ama brum shalosh amos. Apparently that is what's called a cubic ama. So it has an ama, uh, you know, it's a square of one ama by one ama with a height of three amos. Okay? Fine. So three cubic amos. V'sheru chachamim me mikvah abayim sa. And chachamim said that a mikvah is 40 sa. Okay. Fine. So basically, we, we, so we, so far we've said two things. That the Yamshel Shlomo contained in it 150 mikvahs. And we've also said that a mikvah is three cubic amos. So how large was the Yamshel Shlomo? 500 sa'a. Garmide just means measure, which we're assuming is sa'a. What does this mean? So friends, the Gemara at this point is assuming, even though we said that the Yamshel Shlomo was round, the Gemara right now is assuming that the Amshel Shlomo was square. We're going to get to exactly what kind of shape it was very soon. Um, it does say round in the Pasuk. So right now the Gemara is assuming that the Amshel Shlomo was square. So now if that's the case, well then, if it's... Um, so the diameter of the circle that we were talking about before was 10 Amos, right? We said the diameter of the Amshel Shlomo was 10 Amos. So we're, right now we're assuming that actually the Amshel Shlomo was a square that was 10 Amos by 10 Amos. And the Pasuk said explicitly that the height of the Yamsha Shlomo was 5 Amos. So that's 500 cubic Amos, right? 10 times 10 is 100 with a height of 5 is 500, okay? So now we're trying to mathematically figure out how many mikvahs can you fit in 500 cubic Amos assuming, you know, with the knowledge that a mikvah is 3 cubic Amos. Um, not that, it's Basically, 500 cubic amos divided by 3 cubic amos, and that'll be your answer. But the Gemara kind of breaks it down in the way that it does it. So, um, so where are we? Fine. So the way that they, the Gemara goes about it is by dividing up the 500 into smaller units that we can work with. So the first thing that it does is it says, Lislas mea, mea. Okay. Well, so if of these 500 cubic amos, which we got by doing 10 times 10 times 5, so if um, we take 300 of these 500 amos and we say that how many mikvahs that are each 3 cubic amos can you fit into 300 cubic amos? The answer is 100. Okay, so, so far out of 300 from the 500 cubic amos, we can get 100 mikvahs. 
Now from the remaining 200 cubic Amis, so if we take um, 150 of those, well then we can get, right, 150 cubic Amis, you can get um, 50 mikvahs that are each 3 cubic Amis. So between the first 300 and the next 150, we've already gotten 150 mikvahs. So, so then all you really need is 450 cubic amis in order to get our 150 mikvahs. The Gemara did it in a little bit of a complicated way. Essentially, if you take 450 and divide it by 3, it's 150. So if it's 3 cubic amis in one mikvah, so then it's going to be 450 cubic amis to get 150 mikvahs. So if all you need is 450, then why would the um, then basically how can we say that there were only four, 150 mikvahs in the Yamsha Shlomo if it can clearly fit more than that since already at 450 cubic amis we have our 150 mikvahs and there's still another 50 cubic amis to go. So Hanimile Biribua Yamsha Shlomo Agulhaya. So the Gemara answers, well, that's true if you are correct in stating that the Yam Shoshlomo was square. But you are not correct in saying that because in fact the Yam Shoshlomo was round. So what we have to do is we have to take, what we're going to do now is we're basically going to, you know, we're assuming, so if you take a square and inside the square is a circle, so obviously the circle is smaller than the square because it's fitting inside of the square. So the question is, if you have a square and you want to reduce it to a circle, how do you do that? So Gemara says you reduce it by 25%. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our 500 cubic amis and we're going to reduce it by 25%. Now, once again, we're going to do that in steps. So how much larger is a square than a circle? I.e., if we need to shrink a square down to be the area of a circle, how do you do that? So you would shrink it down by 25%. Fine. So the Arbamea, so now if we take the first 400 out of the 500 cubic amos that were in the square Yam Shoshlomo, and then we take that and we reduce those 400 cubic amos by 25%, so now we have 300 cubic amos, and of course in 300 cubic amos you get 100 mikvahs, right? So the Arbamea, Mea, so for the first 400 cubic amos, you shrink it by 25% to 300 cubic amas, that's 100 mikvahs. Limea, and now for the remaining 100 cubic amas, you shrink that down 25%. So now you have 75 cubic amas, which if you divide by 3, is esrim v'chamisha. That's another 25 mikvahs. So basically, between the entire, if you take the 500 cubic amas and you reduce it by 25%, which really you could also just do in one step, which is 375, and you divide that by 3, that you get um, 125. So really there's only 100. If you take this square Yam Shoshlomo and convert it to be a round Yam Shoshlomo, well then um, you are only going to have 125 mikvahs in there. But the Bryce has said that there were 150 mikvahs in there. So what do we do? So Hani Meve Esen V'chamisha Avu Lehu. Right? So it's only 125, but we said there's 150. So Tani Rami Bar Yechezko Surrounded by Yechezkel taught, Yam Sha'asa Shlomo, Shalosh Amos Tachtonos Mirubaos Ushtaim Vayonos Agulos. So, Rami by Yechezkel taught 
that this Yam Shoshlomo wasn't actually entirely round or entirely square. Rather, Shalosh Amos Tachtonos Mubos, the bottom three Amas of the five Amahai were square. Ushtaim Yonos Agulos, and the top two Amas were round. And therefore, if you do, um, you know, so now if you do 10 times 10 times 3, so that's 300, which is 100 mikvahs. And then if you take the remaining two, and let's say uh, you keep them square, so you do 10 times 10 is 100 times 2 is 200, then you reduce that, you shrink that by 25% to be 150 cubic amas, divide that by 3, you get your 50 mikvahs. So basically by ha- by saying that the Yam Shoshlomo, the first, the bottom three Amis of height were square, which is 100 mikvahs worth, and the top two Amis were round, which is another 50 mikvahs worth, so that's 150 mikvahs. We see that the Yam Shoshlomo contained 150 mikvahs. Now the Gemara wants to know, how do we actually know that the bottom three were uh, square and the top two were Round. Okay, so obviously you can't say that the top of the Yamshul Shlomo was square because the Svaso Agul Ksev, it says that the lip was round. But maybe I'll say that the bottom four were square and only the top one was round. You can't say that because I'll prove to you that there were 150 mikvahs that can fit into the Yamshul Shlomo. And if you would say that the bottom four were square and only the top one was one, well, well, only the top one was round, well then there would be more than 150 mikvahs that could fit Darin. And I can prove to you that there were only 150 that fit Darin. So the Chsev, as the Pasuk says, by the Yamshul Shlomo, Alpaim Bas Yachil, that the Yamshul Shlomo was able to contain 200 Bas. Now, how much is 200 Bas? Bas kamahavya, how much is 200 bas? Shalosh sa'in. One bas is three sa'a. Tichziv is a pasuk says, Nichezkol maiser abas menakor. Right? That the 10% of one core, and a core is 30 sa'a, so 10% of that would be three sa'a. So one bas is three sa'a. Now there were 2,000 bas in the Yam Shoshlomo. So 2,000 times three is 6,000. Friends, how many sa'a are in a mikvah? 40. What's 6,000 divided by 40? Who can tell me? Very good, 150. So there were 150 uh, mikvahs that can fit into the Yamsho Shlomo. So the Havalu Shisa Alfei Grive, and that 600, that, 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 that would be 6,000 Sa'a, which is 150 mikvahs. Ve'oksev machzik batim shloshes alafim. But one second, there's a Pasik that describes the Yamsho Shlomo in Divrei Yomim. And there it says that it was able to hold 3,000 bas. Oy vavoy. What do we do? Friends, what do we do? Oh, the gudsha. So my answer is, yeah. When you're talking about, so when it's liquid, so then it's 2,000 bas. But the gudsha, if it's dry goods, so then it can actually hold up to 3,000 bas because you can heap it over. Omer Abayish Mamina, and we saw this in Mesech the Shabbos, and Aflamid Hay. Omer Abayish Mamina, so we see that the amount that a heap can go over the lip of a container is a third of how much fits in the container. We also learn in a Mishnah 
that a um, carriage, a crate, or a closet, kaveras akash, kaveras akonim, a basket made out of straw or made out of reeds, uvor svin alexandris, or the cistern of an Alexandrian boat, that they, that's where they would keep their drinking water, avobishi and shulaim, even though they have a bottom, and they can hold and they can hold 40 sa'a of liquids which is um, two core which is 60 sa'a i.e. 50% more of um, of dry stuff so then um, by the way when we said a third that, that that's like Gemara math right one third more is basically 50% of the original amount, which becomes one third of the total. We say to Horan that, um, even though you might think it's a Kli, because it can hold all this content, but it's too big, and therefore it, it cannot be Makabal Tuma. Alright, that was like the Gemara math. Oh, what do you want me to tell you? It's not that hard. I mean, basically, Yamshul Shlomo was big enough to have 150 mikvahs. That's the, that's the conclusion. If somebody asks you the trivia question, that's your answer. 150 mikvahs in the Yamshul Shlomo. Invite their friends. Says the Mishnah, Lechian, Shamu, Govan, Asara, Tfachim, Brochman, Vovian, Koshu. Friends, if you're wondering how big does a Lechi have to be, it must be 10 Tfachim high. Its width can be in any, any amount. And its width, its thickness, everything else can be any amount. Rabbiosi, Omer, Rochman, Gimel, Tfachim. Rabbiosi says that a Lechi must be 3 Tfachim wide. Weiter. Says the Gemara. Lechian, Shamu, Chulay. So these lechis, so lema tana tnan stama krebeliezer. Wait, lechis plural. Hmm, that sounds like krebeliezer who says that you need two lechis. Tamer lechin ba'inon. Krebeliezer says you need two lechis. Lo, my lechin lechin da ama. No, it doesn't literally mean two lechis. It means lechis in general. Yachi kora nami nis ne koros. My koros koros da ama. But how come by in the previous mission that we learned at the beginning of the day, why does it say a kora shamu? It should say koros. If we're saying lechian is just lechis in general, so then say koros, and that means koros in general. So achikamar, this is what the Mishnah is saying when it says lechian. Osan lechian shenech lekuboyin. Rabbi Yezer v'chachamim. Those lechis that Rabbi Yezer and the Chacham were arguing about govan asara tfachim v'rochban v'ovion koshu. So their height is ten tfachim, and their width and thickness is any amount. V'chamu koshu. How large is any amount? Tani rebchia filu kuchutasayvul. Even if it says rebchia, even if it's just the thread of a um, garment. Tana we learn in a brayso asa lechi lechatsi mavui. What if you stick your lechi against the wall halfway through the mavui? Okay, well, you can only use half the mavui. You can't, you know, you can't go past the, le- the lechi. Pshita, that's obvious. You can't go past the lechi. You can't go past where, the, you know, the lechi is there. We want you to see it. Or either as a hacker or as a mechita, whatever it is. But outside of it, it's outside of the lechi. So isn't that obvious? So, I'm sorry. No, just kind of rephrase it. Don't say that you, 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 you know, you can't use half the mavi. Rather say you can use half the mavi. You have a, you know, just kind of use it in the positive rather than the negative. So, Hanami Pshita. But still, you know, rephrasing it doesn't change the reality that it's obvious. So, But, maybe it's not so obvious because maybe I would be concerned that if you can use half of it, you might end up using all of it. So, it shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to use any of it. So, Kamash Milan, that, no, if you have a lechi halfway into the mavi, you can at least use half the mavi. On my Ravit, so if you have a lechi, but the lechi is three tfachim off the ground, or it's three tfachim away from the wall, 
is very interesting. Loss of lokum, it doesn't work. So what do we see? That the lechi needs to be mamish against the wall on the floor, on the ground. That's a lechi. Tent fachim tall, against the wall, on the ground. Preferably, I guess, by the entrance of the mavi, so you can use the entire mavi, because you can't go past the lechi. I feel the Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Now, even according to Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, who says lavud, that's only lamayla, right? Meaning, according to Shimon ben Gamliel, who says that lavud is fourth fachim, and therefore I might think that let's, so if I take this lechi, and I put it against the wall, and it's three tfachim above the ground, so Rav is pointing out that the reason why he says that it won't work, it's not necessarily because of lavud. Rather, that the issue is that even according to Shimon ben Gamliel, who says that Lavud is four Tfachim, but the fact of the matter is that if you put this Lechi three Tfachim above the ground, well then the, the little goats can walk under it, and that's a problem. So that has nothing to do with Lavud, it has to do with the fact that the goats can walk there. So even according to Shimon ben Gamliel, who says that Lavud is four Tfachim, still, once it's three Tfachim off the ground, then the goats can get through. The only nafkamina would be, let's say, a korah at the top of the mavui that doesn't quite reach the other wall, the opposite wall. So then, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel would say, you know, as long as it's, in, as long as it's within four tfachim, it's still fine. But when it comes to the lechi at the bottom, if it's three tfachim off the ground, even Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel would say it's no good because the fact of the matter is that the goats could walk under it, the little goats. Fine. Rabbi Yossi Omer Rochban Gimot Tfachim. So Rabbi Yossi says that the width of the lechi is three Tfachim. Am Rabbi Yosef, Am Rabbi Yehuda, Am Rabbi Shmuel, Ein Alachak Rabbi Yossi. Lo Behomei, Velo Belechian. So it says Rabbi Yosef, the name of his Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda, it says the name of his Rabbi Shmuel, that the alachi is not like Rabbi Yossi. Lo Behomei, not when it comes to brine for pickling things from Shabbos, that Rabbi Yossi says that you can't create brines even if it's just a little bit and also Rabbi Yossi says that a lechi has to be three tfachim we don't hold like Rabbi Yossi by either one Omer le Rav Huna bar Chinina so now Rav Huna bar Chinina said to Rav Yosef behilme amatlan belechian lo amatlan so Rav Huna bar Chinina said to Rav Yosef wait you taught us that in the context of Hilme, that by these brines, that the lacha is not like Rabbi Yossi, but you didn't teach us that the lacha is not like Rabbi Yossi when it comes to lechi, that it has to be four, three tfachim. So my, so Rabbi Yosef answers, yeah, but still, but still, why should it make any difference? When it comes to Hilme, we don't pass him like Rabbi Yossi because the rabbis argue, then it, argue on him. So So here also, the rabbis argue on Rabbi Yossi. And Rabbi Yossi says three tfachim. The rabbis argue and say it could be any amount. So of course we don't pass him like Rabbi Yossi. So Amr Lehi, so Rabbi Huna Bar-Khinana responded, shiny lechian, I can argue that lechi is different, mishum dekai rebi kavase. Because after all, rebi, as we learned by that very um, complex mishnah about the large chatzar and the small chatzar, that the easiest way to explain it is to say that the mission, the author of the mission was rebi, who says that you need two lechis to um, permit a breach, uh, you know, a, uh, a, um, this chatzah that is nifritza 
Tamakum Sha'asrullah, so you need two lechis, and that he also holds like Rabbi Yossi, that each one needs to be three tfachim. So, so, so since Rebbe holds like Rabbi Yossi, I may have had the Avmi to say that we lemaise paskin like Rabbi Yossi. Rechumi ma, Masni Hachi. So Rav Rechumi teaches this um, same kind of teaching like this. Amr of Yehuda Breder of Shmuel Bashilas Mishmeder Rav says of Yehuda Breder of Shmuel Bashilas in the name of Rav. Ain alochik Rabbi Yossi that the aloche is not like Rabbi Yossi. Lo bihilmei not by brines and not by lechi. Amrulei, they said to Rav Yehuda, Prater of Shmuel Bashilas, Omar, did you really say that the halacha is not like Rav Yossi by Hilmei and by Lechi? Amrulei, he said, no, I didn't say that. Amrulei, Elohim, Amrulei, Vigamirna, Laminei. Rav said, what the, what in the world? Elohim, by God, he certainly did say that the halacha is not like Rav Yossi by Brian and by Lechis. Vigamirna, Laminei, and I learned it from him. From Rabbi Yudah Breda of Shmuel Bashilas, that he said that Allah is not like Rabbi Yossi by Hilmei and Lechin. My time accordably, so then how come Rabbi Yudah Breda of Shmuel Bashilas changed his mind and, you know, denied having said that Allah is not like Rabbi Yossi by Hilmei and Lechis? Mishum Rabbi Yossi Nimuko Imo. Extremely interesting. Because Rabbi Yossi, apparently says Rashi, there's a Gemara in Gitin, that they're talking about all of the, um, you know, praiseworthy attributes, characteristics of the um, of the Tanoim. And they say that the thing about Rabbi Yossi was, as Rashi says, He always has good proofs and rationale for what he says. You can always assume that if Rabbi Yossi says something, he can back it up really well. And therefore, it's not so simple to just say that the Allah isn't like Rabbi Yossi. Even though, Yachid Rabbim, Allahi Karabim, still, it's very... Tempting to still want to say like, wait, but but maybe there's something more to this picture that we don't see because Rabbi Yossi always um, was able to back up everything that he said with great rias. Very very interesting. Anyways, fine, but nonetheless, um, okay. So thinking, okay. So Amrle Rava Rav Chanan Labai Yochsamai. So Rava Rav Chanan said Labai. So what do we do? Do we do like Rabbi Yossi? Don't we do like Rabbi Yossi? What do we do? So I'm going my Amadavar. So Abai says, look, go out and see what the people do. Do the people, are they mocked on three tfachim like Rabbi Yossi or are they not? And Rashi says the implication being that people don't generally make a lechi, that's three tfachim, and therefore, uh, you know, it has not been accepted, the Allah has not been accepted like Rabbi Yossi, clearly. If that's what, you know, the fact of the matter is the people aren't doing like him. And there are those who actually teach this dialogue between Abai and Rabbi of Hanan on the following Ashosamayim Litzmo, somebody who drinks water because he's thirsty. Omer Shakoniya Bidvaro, so he says Shakoniya Bidvaro. Rabtarfin Omer Borein Fashus Abbas Fasonan, Akoma Shabarasa. So Rabtarfin says that the Bracha on water is actually Borein Fashus. Omele of Hanan Abai, Ilch Samai, Omele Pokhazi Mayama Devar, Rabhanan said Abai, Nu what's the Allahcha? Is it Chakol or is it Brain of Fashos? Abai said, Go see what the people do. Do they say shakol or brain of fashos? If the people say shakol, say shakol. If they say brain of fashos, say brain of fashos. So, but uh, I guess apparently people say shakol. Okay. Chavis, so that was daf yudal of Masechta Erevin. I mean, there's a lot of details. There's not really juicy sugyas over here. So, you know, just to, you know, just a, a very basic review. So there was lots of technical details about koras and the thickness and the strength. 
At the end, we got to lots of technical details about lechis. And then in the middle, we had that interesting mathematical sugya. Um, well, interesting, if you found it interesting, um, about figuring out how many mikvahs fit into the Amshashlomo. I hope you enjoy that. Have a great day. Peace out.